This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, gentle listeners, and welcome to Go! My favorite sports team. I'm Tyler, your resident sports master, the one with all the know-how and knowledge. Well, now you got some ego, now that we're a few episodes into it. <laughs> You're all humble in the first episode. Oh, yo, I don't know. You could call me an expert here, but not error. Oh, I think it's more so the fact that I'm getting into shape and I'm feeling more confident in myself and better about myself in the new year. So, oh, Well, you don't got to rub it in. I haven't been working out that much, but, you know, you're fine, whatever. Yeah. But I am... don't say yeah to that. <laughs> don't go yeah. You go, oh, it's not so bad. Oh, it's fine. You'll get there. Fine, whatever. But I'm your resident sports expert with a master's in sport administration, and I'm here with Mark, who is uh, yeah, just a sack of shit, just a <laughs> lump of lard over here. Do nothing, Mark. You know, just never, never worked out day in life. No, I'm not an expert. In nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. You've got success on your side. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But today we're going to talk about the mental part of sports and mental illness and health and how it relates to athletics and sports. This sounds heavy. I should have been more serious from the beginning. Of the <laughs> you know, comedy is a good thing to deal with mentally. It gives people joy. What are you saying about me? What are you, are you looking me dead in the eye? <laughs> Incompetent mind. I'm you're not right. saying you're incompetent. I've never said that. You're putting words in my mouth. All right, fair enough. You're I think you give the world a lot of happiness and joy. Thank you. And people need that, and it helps their mental health. Keep going. Say more. Oh, you're one of my best friends, and I appreciate you. Well, that's very nice. Keep going. I also think you would beat me in some athletic events. Keep going. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I stroked your ego enough. <laughs> all right, fair. All right, okay. All right. So the mentals of sports. Okay. Yeah. There's a really do sports people need? <laughs> wow! I'm just wow. asking. I'm just asking. Someone's got to ask. You're sounding like the people that look at jocks and just be like, they're just dumb jocks. Oh well, I would never say that. You're putting words in my mouth. Apparently, that's the theme of this episode. All right, apparently. All right, we're <laughs> going to put words and other things in each other's mouths this episode. 
This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know, all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com slash sports team this episode is brought to you by state farm you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong but these are the words you really need to remember like a good neighbor state farm is there they've got options to fit your unique insurance needs meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need have coverage options to protect the things you value most file a claim right on the state farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So obviously, the main thing people think about when you talk about the mental part of sport, you talk about plays, you talk about memory, you talk about, you know, muscle memory, even being able to continue the main shot. But there's a lot of different things that occur in sport Mm. where the mental aspect of the game is so huge. Mm. There's a great quote from a movie I grew up watching all the time called The Little Giants, where an NFL player comes up to this youth football player and he's like, now remember, it's 80% mental and 40% physical. Mm. It's, Go it's, on. So it's talking about that the mental part of the game is actually twice as important as the physical part of the game. Uh, I know in that in that there's a joke in there that it's uh, 120%. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And coaches always say, give it your 110%. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a very common thing. But the whole idea is in sport in and of itself, it's actually more mental than physical. Obviously, physical attributes and physical embodiment and muscle mass and all of that has a massive impact on that. Mm-hmm. But if you're not mentally prepared, if you're yeah. not set in your brain to be able to do what is required to do in your position for success, you're not going to be successful in sport. Yeah. If you believe you'll fail, you will fail. 100%. If you believe you're going to lose, you're going to lose because you're just not going to put 100% effort in anything. That applies to things outside of sports too. But yeah, definitely for sports, like you can see it in their eyes. Like you ever watch a boxing match and you know someone's like, they're not there. The whole Rocky Three was all about that. If you guys at home haven't seen Rocky Three, I don't know where it ranks up in the other Rocky movies. I haven't seen the other Rocky movies, but it's the one where he's going up against... Uh, uh, what's his name? Ivan Drago. That's Rocky Four. Oh crap! 
Um, uh, uh, I pity the fool. I pity the fool. It's um, it's Mister T, but I don't remember yeah, the character's the name. name. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's in that one. The whole setup was he lost his trainer. His trainer passed away in the beginning of that. He lost the will to fight, and because he lost the will to fight, he just lost straight up. He was in good shape. He was like fighting still, leading up to that fight, but he wasn't there mentally. And if you're not there mentally, you're not there physically. Yeah. And this is a massive thing that's come out recently is people that are dealing with mental illness within the NFL with the like the, people talk about the pressure cooker. People talk about a lot of different things when you get to the highest level because you're expected to perform as the best of the best. Right. And so there is a recent thing where one of the players of the NFL came out and talked about how he has depression. Mm hmm. And suffers from depression. And in this year, this past season, the NFL created this entire campaign about mental health and mental awareness mm -hmm. um, that they've been pushing and making sure, you know, it's talked about all the time. It's the idea is they're working to change the conversation around mental illness. Mm -hmm. But that's something we'll touch on later. But the biggest thing when it comes to the mental part of the game, you've heard of a slump. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like when a baseball batter has a slump, they're not hitting the ball. Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they they used to be one of the best in the league and all of a sudden they're not able to strike the ball mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it can happen in in the field of play you're not able to make the play on a, a routine fly ball like you're just stuck in your head and you get to the point to where you're thinking i don't want to screw up i don't want to screw up i don't want to screw up instead of having that confidence that wherewithal of knowing you're capable of it and it just comes naturally when you get that repeated thing in your head you're suddenly focusing on the mistake mm -hmm. to the point to where it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where a mistake is more than likely going to happen. Yeah, doubt is the mind killer is the yeah. quote from Dune or something, whatever it is. Fear is the mind killer. It's a separate quote. Not right. It's different. Doubt. Forget if doubt. It's, is it doubt? I'm going to say it's doubt. It's, I think your phrase you is the remember correct Dune, one. remember Dune, doubt is the mind killer. Uh, everyone knows this. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those, we talked about this in a previous episode about like the subconscious, about training something to be muscle memory. And the subconscious is a lot of the times where these doubts come from. It, it crops up. You can't help the thoughts. They, they just appear out of your subconscious. And when you have something that you are confident, you trained it enough, it's in your subconscious as muscle memory, you don't even need to think about doing it. You just trust that you can do it. That confidence is there. And when a seed of doubt gets planted in that, it throws the whole chain of neurons firing off so that even your trained muscle memories can be completely thrown off because either your conscious mind is trying to intervene to prevent any failure and therefore slowing you down because your conscious mind is nowhere near as fast as your subconscious mind. It, like, it'll throw you off there or your subconscious is so full of these thoughts of doubts and they crop up at the worst times, the times you need it the least, and it just throws everything for a loop because suddenly this ingrained cycle of, of like thought to action is thrown off. So I totally get that. Yeah, it's your second guessing your movement, your second guessing the thing you're going to do, which then mm -hmm. puts you that half second behind. It puts yeah. you out of position in that moment. And it happens in every sport. And the biggest thing that occurs in that front is obviously it's not just their own mental capabilities and it's yeah. not just that they made a mistake. It could be outside influences. It could be like your trainer died in Rocky Three. Mm -hmm. It could be like you're having issues in relationships, whether it's your family or your significant other or your kid or with the public in particular in professional sport. Because if you're expected to be a superstar, you are in a pressure cooker environment. Mm -hmm. You are expected to be the one that carries that team. You're expected to be the one that makes that play. Mm -hmm. And the instant you don't make that play, mm -hmm. and in some toxic fan bases that do exist, you can become enemy number one yeah and most often than not the greatest example of this is what we're seeing in cleveland right now with baker mayfield mm. 
Baker Mayfield, by the way, is a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, one of the greatest of all time in college. Okay. Got drafted in the first round, first overall pick in the NFL draft by the Cleveland Browns. He is not performing to the level that they expect of him. Odell Beckham, who's a very famous receiver, left them because of issues with Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. And he's getting death threats like on top of the fact that you're already like playing through injury he was playing with a torn pectoral muscle the almost the entire season he was beat the heck up and like i'm not a big fan of baker mayfield but i'm a fan of humans Uh and human life and that's just terrible yeah and that's something that happens more often than you would think and it's one of those things that you're in a pressure cooking environment people expect you to perform and if you're not performing you get vilified. You're the problem. And when you become the problem to the public, that's going to mentally impact you with your performance in the game because then you're like trying to do too much. Right. We saw it early in the NFL season with Patrick Mahomes, Mm -hmm. who is considered one of the greatest in the league right now. He was constantly pushing super hard to carry his team and he wasn't getting the help that he needed at the time people were dropping passes and stuff was happening Mm -hmm. but he was starting to turn the ball over because he was doing too much right and so when you start trying to do too much you run into the problem of then you're falling into errors and then you run into it's like quicksand yeah one mistake carries to another mistake carries to another mistake and no matter how hard you try to get out of the quicksand Mm -hmm. you just keep sinking yeah. And those are both very common terms that are talked about in the mental state of sports and sport athletes is mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, that loss of confidence, the pressure cooker, the quicksand environment of mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's in movies, uh, sport movies all over. It's talked about in a lot of different ways. And it's it's one of the craziest things about sport because a lot of people like look at somebody who's an absolute specimen of a human build mm-hmm. up in muscle. But who, somehow, who does that make you think of? For me? Yeah. Who, cro- who crops up? Prime Shaq. Prime. <laughs> Shaq Prime. Like Shaq Prime. Like he was ripped and he was huge. Uh, um, there there are a number of different athletes that make me think of that. There's a college athlete right now at Oregon who's like uh, completely ripped. DK Metcalf, uh, who's a specimen of a man. Calvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. There, there are a number of different athletes that are just absolutely stacked. Uh, let's dissect this vilification before we move on sure. and go in deeper this. Let's dissect the vilification because it's something that I think a lot of people are aware of and they may not even be aware that they are participating in it. Yeah, and they do it outside of sport as well. Exactly. It, it applies to a lot of things where humans are put on this pedestal of like, they are great at what they do, but it's not just people that are avid sports enthusiasts or whatever enthusiasts, like whatever you're watching where there's someone who's really good at what they do. For example, I don't know basketball very well, but I know about Steph Curry. Yes. I know Steph Curry can shoot three-point shots real good. Yes. He does that. There's songs about that. There's memes about that all over the place. But I don't follow basketball, right? Right. I will in the future when I get better about learning about basketball. I might just. But if someday I heard that Steph Curry one day was not able to shoot threes anymore, suddenly my thought of him would be like, ah, oh, I guess he's lost it. And and I'm not saying that I'm out there vilifying it, but I think that's kind of like the seed that happens where it's like you have a picture of someone in your head and you only have a snapshot of them. You only know him as that. You, like, even if you're an avid follower and like your reality is built up of what you hear. I've never met the guy. I've never met any of these sports people, maybe. Yeah. And then suddenly all that is turned just that easily. If I hear that he suddenly can't do it anymore, I'll be like, ah, man, maybe he got older. Maybe he lost it. Maybe he wasn't practicing. Maybe something like that. And and that's like, that's the turn for me. I don't know why people would go out and start hating him for it, putting death threats to him, but it's a slippery slope. It's quicksand. 
It's, it's yeah. like we say, it's quicksand. And every grain of sand is one of the fans, right? Yeah. Because it's never just him alone or the person alone or her and, alone. And it can be, though. It can be. It definitely could be. Like, it, it's just like, um, it's one of those things where it's like, why would you turn that image of someone into hate? Because I don't have enough built up to have, like, faith in what he's capable of. I don't know his story. I don't know anything like that. But I all I know is from what people tell me. And if if someone I trust told me, like, oh, man, he's really lost, I'll be like, oh, I guess he lost it. You well, know what I mean? Yeah, and it's the same thing. I, I mean, we see it in the industry we work in. If you make one, like, minor mistake, and it has to do, like, you get into the conversation of cancel culture in that sense mm-hmm. of, like, somebody makes a mistake. And even if it was years ago mm-hmm. and they've worked to be improve, it's like all of a sudden that gets drugged up again. It's like they get turned into a villain, even though... Though they have worked to improve that because society changed or stuff changed since that time. Mm-hmm. And it happens all the time with icons because they're held to another level. Yeah. That's a slightly different thing, though, because that's like past actions. Correct. That w- and this is like current performance based on like past performance and stuff like that. But I get I get what you're saying there. Yeah, it, it can crop up. YouTube, you see it all the time. Yeah. For, for ranging topics from truly heinous things that have been done and should be vilified to things that were years ago that in the context of where it was, maybe it was excusable. And yet like to today's standards, it would be absolutely not be excusable. I'm not justifying any one particular thing or another, but there's a range of things, but the reaction is usually always the same. Like it's, it's just like admonishment and comparing something to today's standards and vilifying and attacking. Yeah. And it's the idea that you're held to a higher standard. The more you get into the public high, you're held to a higher standard. That's what it is. It's like your standards suddenly have to be higher because so many more people are judging you for that standard. Yeah, people talk about it all the time with like NFL players or professional athletes and them needing to be role models. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because they're looked up to because of their athletic ability and their performance ability, but not everybody should be considered a role model. Mm-hmm. In some aspects of life, like there are good people out there. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of good people out there. But when you put anybody under the microscope, you're going to find flaws mm-hmm. because we as natural humans have flaws. We're going to make mistakes. Yeah. We're going to miss shots. We're going to, you know, turn the ball over. We're going to trip and fall sometimes. We're going to, you know, hit the ball into the water if you're playing golf or or things like that are going to happen. And it's it could be the last play that decides the Super Bowl. It could be, you know, one of the most famous people that got vilified in a massive way was you. Uh, you watched this game with me. It was the Patriots versus the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. And the offensive coordinator decided to run a pass play when they're in field goal range. Mm-hmm. And it ended up losing them yards because their quarterback got sacked. Mm-hmm. The offensive coordinator and Matt Ryan, the quarterback of that team, both got vilified in a massive way. For one, Matt Ryan was like yelled at for not taking a sack because if Atlanta had scored one point, they would have won that game. It wouldn't have gone to overtime. Mm. And the offensive coordinator was like, why didn't you run the ball? Why did you give yourself the opportunity to lose yards in that massive way when you had a shot at scoring points? Mm. And so there's there's always those integral moments. But it's it's something I talk about all the time. And this is something for all those sports enthusiasts out there, or even those that are just starting to get interested in sport, is if a game comes down to one play, whether it's a ref that makes a call that you think is bad or anything like that, there are millions of other plays and millions of minutes and seconds mm. Before that incident Mm -hmm. where that game was changed. Mm -hmm. And if it comes down to that one call, your team, regardless of which side you're on, did not perform to the level to which they necessarily deserved to win. Mm -hmm. And it's something I even have to tell myself every time because I get upset. I get really invested in the sports. But it's one of those things that you can't blame it on any one person. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, your team screwed up at a different point in time to where they didn't get the points they needed. They could have won the game by 14 points. They turned the ball over or whatever. Don't hang on that one moment. Mm -hmm. 
when there was a whole game that happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's something that people can lose sight of. It's like there is a whole bunch of plays. They could have, like someone could have ran out naked in the middle of the field in the middle of the Super Bowl. That could have happened. It could have happened. It wouldn't have been any of the team's fault. But if one of them got too distracted because it was really pretty or something like that, I don't know. Or maybe got really, you know, made him feel good about himself because he's bigger or maybe felt (laughs) subconscious because he's smaller. Who knows? (laughs) Everyone on that team had a different reaction to that naked streaker. Yeah. They were hung like a horse and it was problematic for some of them. Others were like, (laughs) but others were not very happy about it. And like that got in people's head. That could have been the deciding factor. Yeah. There was anything that could happen. A meteor could have come down. Uh, Wind could have changed directions. Sun could have exploded. You're going to the extremes and I'm going to the minor. (laughs) Grass grew an extra inch. <laughs> the field goals decided to cave in on the field and collapse. A uh, fan yelled, You suck. You suck. <laughs> one. <laughs> one fan. That is the thing, though. That is the thing, right? You can hear the whole crowd going, Boo, you suck. But that one guy, You suck. And you really feel oh, that. You're yeah. just like, Oh, my God. No. That eye contact, yeah. you can read it in his body. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I really do I suck. I really do suck. It's a joke, but also, that's kind of true. It is. It really does. It, it, it could be a situation where all of it rolls off you, washes off you, but you get that one thing, and it can just ruin your day. And it can ruin your week. It could ruin you for quite a while because it'll get in your head. It's an inception in your brain. That spinning top in the back of your mind. It's just like, you suck in a circle. Yeah. And then you're stuck there. Well, and, and in that of itself, once the public starts holding you to a higher standard, uh-huh. you start holding yourself to a higher standard without realizing it. Mm-hmm. So that when you miss that shot, mm-hmm. it may not be them, but it's you that starts breaking yourself down. This is why I never hold myself to a high standard. I keep my standards real low. Fart jokes galore. <laughs> Sounds good callback. <laughs> Dick jokes. Talk about my balls a lot. I got. Have I talked about my balls this episode? We talked about it last episode. I. It was every episode. <laughs> we talking about my balls at some point. Put those balls in those holes. Yeah, ball hole. You're the ball hole, man. Put my balls. <laughs> I don't want to put your balls anywhere. <laughs> I don't want to control your property so if you want to be a if you want to be a successful youtuber or podcaster or whatever it is you just got to talk about yourself terribly that's why comedians always do like self-deprecating humor there actually is something about that where humor and relatability and stuff like that has to come from a place of self-deprecation most of the time yeah people never like someone bragging unless they're bragging in a very entertaining way like it's a very nuanced thing where someone can brag and still be loved but they were more often than not at the same time get people that love them people that hate them it'll it'll like increase both at the same time but if you want someone that's like universally loved like say keanu reeves for example there are very few people that don't like him because he's very humble he he's he seems on his surface a very good person he donates a lot of like his his movie money to the crew he's donated to charity he seems to live a humble life he's very like almost seems personable so he at the same time that everyone else are putting him on a pedestal for being this nice guy even that even being like oh he's so nice is putting someone on a pedestal and putting expectations on the person he has to like constantly be putting himself lower than that and it may not even be active I, I think that's just generally who he is and how he is as a person is just that way and also he makes pretty good movies with John Wick you know, pretty fun <laughs> but you know it's a tough dance like with with what I do on YouTube um, I'm not saying I'm a universally liked person I'm not saying that at all you're pretty good at bragging about yourself I love bragging about myself <laughs> talking about my huge balls 
No, but but it's it's one of those things where I I'm unique in that I don't really care about what people say about me. I've always had this thing where like comments kind of roll off of me, but at the same time I don't pursue a lot of interaction with people. It's tough for me. Like even my friends, it's tough for me to keep up with. And it's one of those things where it's not like I'm actively trying to do one thing or another. It's just who I am. And so the the positives of not having that much of an impact with people making comments about me is offset by the fact that I have trouble in my interpersonal relationships just in general. So it's like to each their own and there's no one good way or another, but all of us and people in general can be affected by mental things like people attacking you mentally or physically, I guess, but just like the mental game. If you doubt yourself in your own head, and I've gotten to this point before, it's worse than anything anyone could ever say. Yeah. Because if you can't say good things about yourself, that's a sign that things are not going well. Yeah. And speaking to that same thing you talked about, like I'm very much the opposite in that fact of where I, I don't, I know not everybody's going to like me. Mm -hmm. And I, I've talked to you about this. I have no problem with that, but I read comments Mm -hmm. and sometimes the way it's worded or how it's said, sometimes it's just like, and I love interacting with people. I love engaging with people. Yeah. And so I feed into that. I love responding to my comments. And that's been something I've been working on is to be like, oh, whatever. Uh-huh. Let it go. Let it go. It lives. <laughs> it exists. Go away. I don't need to worry about that. But um, no, it's it's really difficult when there's millions of people that are throwing stuff at you. And not everybody can have that same mentality that you do, especially when you're forced to do interviews and people are asking you about your relationship with your wife or yeah. whatever it is that's bothering you. You're hounded. It must be crazy for athletes when they go their whole life training alone for the most part, unless it's like team sport, obviously you do train. Mm-hmm. But if they want to be great, they got to train on their own too. Like all of this work for 20 some odd years of your life, maybe like 15 of your conscious life. But you know, your whole life up to that point is not in the limelight. You may be popular in school or whatever, but not to the degree nothing prepares you for exposure to the full public. And then suddenly you've worked so hard and you're so good, you know, you're good. And then suddenly you're on a stage where everyone is great. And there are millions of people who are watching you and comparing you to the great people next to you. Like suddenly you emerge on there. That could, and I imagine it does, just destroy people. Like tear them apart. They're just not ready for it. Suddenly they have money too. And it's like, what do you do with that? I have to live a certain life because that's what other people do. Like there's expectations and weird like precedents that are set. Yeah. And in professional sports, almost every single professional sport, as far as I know, you are required hours with the media. Oh. It's in your contract. In the NFL, you are required to speak to the media. It is in your contract. In tennis, you are required to speak to the media. It's in your contracts. Those are required things. Oh, man, you couldn't even get out of it if you wanted to. No, th- there's um uh Marshawn Lynch is famous for his NFL media interviews because he would sit there and just be like no comment. Like he would he would show up and people would ask him, so why are you here if you're not going to say anything? So I won't get fined. That's literally, you can watch that all uh-huh. over. And I, I love Marshawn Lynch. I yeah. like, I, I don't think he's necessarily the greatest person ever. I don't, his history or whatever, I don't care. But his, the way that he made it publicly apparent uh-huh. that he's required to do that mm-hmm. was huge. Yeah. 
and the way that he handled it to make it so that people didn't get to him and stuff like that was very unique. Uh, that, that's what makes sports fascinating to me is like, I love the social dynamics of it all because it's like such a different universe of social interaction than we know on a daily basis. When you're in sports, not only are you like out in front of millions of people, that happens to other fields and like YouTubers, like uh, millions of people watch my videos. And, and, and like I have been on live streams where there's hundreds of thousands of people that are watching all at the same time. But the difference is in in like sports, you are a product and you are hired to do an exact role that they have specific standards for. You're paid very well to do it, but also it's just a different experience. Humans in general have not had this in their entire history of humanity. Now when there's like the internet and all these broadcasts and TV things, it has never occurred. And so like the human mind and the human psyche hasn't really gotten to the point where we ubiquitously as a species can handle that kind of thing. So you have people that just are not physically like are not prepared for that kind of thing. And some people thrive. Some people do well. Like there's plenty of people that get by too, but some people just like it must be hell to go out there for an introverted person who is like athletically gifted to go out there must be hell. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why a lot of times when you get into the NFL now, they have financial advisors they give you opportunity for. Mm -hmm. uh, this is all because of the Players Association, by the way, because there's a union they negotiate with each other. Uh -huh. They get financial advisors to be able to talk to to how to like manage their money and not overspend and Don't go blow bankrupt. On strippers. Don't do that. Yeah. But there's still a significant sum of professional athletes that suddenly blow through all of their money and are on bankrupt. Strippers. Well, Chad, not necessarily on strippers. Chad? Who Chad? Chad Johnson. Stripper. Or Chad Ochocinco as he is now. Way too many strippers. No, no, no. <laughs> Maybe, but I don't know. Um, he uh, went bankrupt years after he was no longer an NFL he athlete. Did. Oh, yeah. And he was one of the highest paid wide receivers in the NFL. He was very good at what he does. Uh -huh. Still to this day is one of the like best route runners I've ever seen yeah. in the sense that he could run. So... There's a 10, 10 yards is usually at the end of a route tree is a, a pretty good marker. So 10 yards down the field. He would run to Pause. 10 yards. What's a route tree? <laughs> okay. In football, wide receivers in the playbook are giving routes. Okay. I knew that. A route tree is basically you run a certain distance and then there's a number of different routes you can go off of that. So they, they just pick? No. The plays are called in certain ways, and there are certain sometimes during the play, the receiver and quarterback have to be on the same page and reading exactly what the defense is doing as they change the route to the. How options. do they figure that out? Those are called option routes, and it's all predicated on what the defense is giving to them. If the safety rolls high, you generally don't go deep. If they're rolling inside, you do go deep, and you have man coverage. If they're running a zone, can we you do understand that thing where we concept. boil things down to one word? Sure. <laughs> all right, receiver runs route uh, to ten yards. Okay. Receiver run. Mm. Defense, go deep. Go deep. Receiver, cut short. Cut short. Receiver, run route. Run route. Defense, safety, roll down. Closer to line. Okay. Uh, Receiver, go deep. So that was like a, that's like a Harry Potter lightning bolt of potential, right? There's more options that can happen on that, but yes. But that one, okay, so it's like a... <sighs> There's things called how double did, moves. How do they decide? How do they decide? It's literally they just have to be so well on the same page that they read the same thing the defense is giving to them. Oh, so the it's, hive mind. Yes. So one day when technology gets to the point when they can insert matrix-style plugs into people's brains and all the offensive people will be, not the offensive people, the offensive line people, they may be offensive, I don't know, but they're all hooked up, same brain, same plan, same time. 
And then you have hackers on each side of the field that are trying to hack into the other person's neural network, and they're like, I'm into the defense. Combining the special e team is for. Combining esports hacking with. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like that that movie Gamer, you know. Where, oh like, yeah. You could control it. It was a very dumb movie, but I don't know why a lot of people remember that movie. I don't know why. It's really, it's amazing. iconic. There's a movie similar to that that was before that that kind of remade to an extent. Anyway, I don't what? remember what it's called. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. What were you talking about? I was talking about the route tree. Ocho Cinco. Chad Ocho Cinco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going yeah. bankrupt. Mm -hmm. And because he could run 10 yards. Yeah. Whether he was going deep, which is just a go route, you just go straight downfield as fast uh -huh. as you can. Okay. He'd run that first 10 yards the same speed and in the same time for a go route as you would in one he would stop and turn around. That doesn't seem to make sense logically. He, he's just able to stop on a dime and change directions. It's truly incredible. Okay. And still to this day, I consider one of the best route runners to ever play the game of football. And now he's bankrupt. Well, he the was. I don't know if he is now, but okay. <laughs> Chad, don't sue us for this slander of mark joking uh, i'm saying it's a horrible crime there was a mob of strippers that ambushed him in an alley it was horrible okay just slamming their tits <laughs> or dicks i don't know i i don't know which stripper we don't judge we don't, we don't judge. judge here we don't judge here anyway i judge the spending of money no, I'm, I'm sorry i will get i will get sued long before you do <laughs> i'm trying to protect this podcast yeah 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 <laughs> No, but um, it's incredible. And now, especially with this movement coming out, they give access to like counselors uh -huh. to be able to talk to. They're usually called like sports psychologists. Yeah. To be able to talk to about these different things and I, struggles. And I imagine that coming up in a sport in general through school, through college, through all of these fields, it's also kind of this environment of hypermasculinity. For the most part, I, the, not that there's not female sports out there and not that they don't have successful careers, but I'm saying like when you're in a sport, it's kind of like be tough, be hard. Like you got to kill. You got to have like that killer instinct. In specific don't, sports in particular, yeah, yes. Don't talk about your feelings. Like I don't imagine that that is a very encouraged thing. It depends on your coach. Okay. And it depends on the environment you're in. I was blessed in water polo in high school. Uh -huh. We were very much very good about like, you know, if somebody's having an issue, we'd be there for each other and stuff like that. Okay. It was very much a family environment. Maybe, am I wrong in that? Like, is that just like a no. a, a guess? Like, no. Or a, what's it called? A preconceived? Uh, There's a preconceived notion. No, of no, that. no, no, no. That's not the word. Uh, prejudice. Uh, prejudice. Yeah. Or no, no, a bias. No, 
Wait. Cognitive bias? No, that's a different that's a field of study. Ooh, there's another word besides prejudice and bias. That's a stereotype. No. No. Yes. Go on. <laughs> uh, you're, you're not wrong in that sentiment, especially in American football. Having done it through college and stuff like that, there is a sentiment of like, you know, hyper masculinity. Coaches will yell uh -huh. like that. You see that everywhere. You see that in youth football and stuff like that. Oh, and there yeah. are certain sports where that is really prevalent. Yeah. But I think it's really iconic, and I think there's a movement where that's kind of changing, but there's still a level of that hyper-masculinity that exists within that space, from my experience. Mm -hmm. I can't speak to it in a general level all over the place, but as mental health and mental initiatives like the NFL is doing is coming out there, it's becoming more of a safer place for people to be able to talk to one another. Mm -hmm. And usually, even within teams themselves, like even if the environment of that coaches and that team is that way, there's players within there through any team where you can talk to them about stuff mm, yeah. because we're all humans we all understand we have different things that go on mm. so but there I, I do agree with you there's a certain level of hyper masculinity and stuff that makes that more difficult in mm -hmm. certain sports and in competition like you're you're counted on to perform it's not your place to deal with other outside things right, right when you yeah. when like the biggest thing that we talked about on the field is like when you're on the field that's the thing you need to focus on mm -hmm. because if you're distracted that results in injury it results in so many different things that mm -hmm. can go awry yeah and, you know, you could get peeved because if somebody hit you wrong or something in practice and you start a fight, I've had to break up fights as a student coach plenty of times before. So it's one of those things that, yes, it exists. And yes, mental health is a big issue within that. And mm -hmm. it's becoming more and more understood. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. changing. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. But even beyond that, like we talked about the mental game of golf, you know, like so much of that is having to have the right mindset and being able to approach and the intellect in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in football, you have to know the plays. In basketball, you have to know the plays. You have to know your assignment, what you're supposed to do. If there's an audible called, which is when the quarterback changes the play at the line of scrimmage, mm -hmm. you have to know what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. Because if you make a mistake, it could result in somebody else getting hurt. And then the hardest part, and this is a the part they like a lot of people look over because a lot of times on TV, they skip over it and they'll, they'll talk about it, but then they'll cut to commercial break mm -hmm. when somebody on your team gets injured mm -hmm. and you see that happen the wind gets taken out of your sails a bit yeah and the momentum in a game changes and shifts yeah anytime there's a pause anytime something changes like all of a sudden you can go from the highest high to the lowest low uh -huh. you're about to score a touchdown and instead you turn the ball over and they score uh you got to pick yourself back up and push through. And it's really difficult because the waves in sport, people go on runs, bad things happen. You have to be able to endure and be able to force yourself to pivot to what you need to focus on as opposed to what you screwed up with on the last play. Yeah. And and that's got to be like a constant barrage of like oh, expectations yeah. and disappointment because, well, I, I honestly am surprised by the injury thing. I would almost think that their team would be angry or like get hyped up, but no. Unless it was like obviously intentional intentional which right, is right. highly unlikely yeah no it's yeah and, and at the end of the day people are people right their yeah. players are people it's easy especially when they're in the public eye it's so easy to think of these people as just players as just a drag and drop little npc that you blop onto the team every single one of them has like hopes and expectations ambitions things that they want to do and like things that they have planned for in the game or outside the game and every single little thing like i know that you can be self-critical i'm self-critical and if you even if you didn't really make a mistake if you think you made a mistake like that's just so it, it can be impactful like everyone listening at home who doesn't play sports think of every time you've let yourself or someone down now imagine if that happened 
five times in a single day and you had to keep going. Like it's so easy to just like sit back down and give up. And uh, so, so like the mental toughness is pretty impressive, but with intense mental toughness, when you do break, you break hard. Yep. You shatter. Like that's, that's the problem. It's like you get tough, but also brittle. You want to hear a really interesting mindset that I've had for the longest time. Sure. That is probably my greatest downfall in athletics. Sure. Say I ran a route and I dropped the pass. Uh-huh. The next play, I'm not even on the field and my team fumbles the ball and turns the ball over. Mm. I blame myself. Mm. Because if I had caught that pass, that play wouldn't have been called and the dominoes wouldn't have fallen the way they fell. I do that in life. And I do that in a lot of ways. And it's been a hard grind to do that. And that's something I know there are other people in athletics and other places like that that struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that it's like you are set up to punish yourself for something that is not conducive to anything. Mm-hmm. It's like you feel like you're the domino effect that created the causation line that led to that when you need to be able to let that go. Mm-hmm. And that was probably my greatest, greatest difficulty in football, even if I wasn't the one that screwed up. Like, obviously, I screwed up. I've dropped the pass, mm-hmm. but the fumble is not on me. Mm-hmm. But I would put that on me. Right, right. And so that's something that I think a lot of athletes still do. Mm-hmm. In that point of like, man, if I hadn't dropped that pass, we probably would have kept that drive alive and scored that touchdown. We wouldn't have lost the game. Mm-hmm. And that overanalyzing brain mm-hmm. can then create a quicksand effect. Yeah, it's all about the quicksand. All boils down to that. So, mm-hmm. but getting into that that part of it, the intellect part of the brain and understanding the nuances of the game, being able to read the defense to run the correct route and be on the same page as your quarterback, like I was trying to explain earlier. It's very difficult to explain that part of football. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, don't worry. I got it. It's the same thing, like cutting to the basket in basketball, knowing when to do that, uh, understanding like defense, what the defense is trying to do and where you can exploit that and still be successful. Uh-huh. The mental aspect of knowing which club to choose when you're hitting a golf and knowing how hard to hit it. That's the caddy's job. That's what they're for, right? Before you get to the pros where you have a really expert caddy, you're doing it yourself. Yeah, whatever. You're in the amateurs. Yeah, it don't matter. Just pick any club. <laughs> Why does it matter? Why does the club matter? Because about distance, elevation, your lay where the ball lies, what ground you're hitting off of, what surface you're hitting off of. You're talking about wind. You're talking about whether you need to hit the ball low or high, whether you're trying to hit the with the club face turning inwards putting spin forwards putting spin backwards there's a lot more to golf than you would imagine (laughs) (laughs) we haven't done the golf primer yet i'm not ready There's a lot more to golf than even I had thought when I first thought about it. Okay. People are talking about like, well, golfers aren't really athletes. When I'm was like, your mm. first thought about golf? You pop out the womb thinking about golf? Ten years old. How do you know that? <laughs> because that's when I got a golf set from my dad. It was a Tiger Woods Jr. golf set around Christmas time for Christmas. My brother and I both got one. My dad was actually a really good golfer. Oh. Um, so we had a golf trophy growing up and I asked, like had asked him about it cause it was the biggest trophy in all of our collections. And uh-huh. so my brother and I would trade it acting like it was ours cause we felt cool. Yeah. If I ever have kids, I'm going to have a trophy room and I'm just going to buy and make trophy of the most outrageous <laughs> things possible. I, I just want you to get like an actual like face mold, a metal <laughs> face mold and put it on a trophy and it just is like best face while yeah. screaming or something. Oh yeah. Loudest scream is definitely going to be a yeah. trophy. You know, I'll, get, I'll put some bronzes in there for like biggest ball consoles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got third that year. Testy, <laughs> Testy Thomas, you know, he really cleans it out every year. 
know, maybe not. Maybe not. I shouldn't have kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like you you would actually have like the the golden schlong. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you got silver. You got silver. You got silver. It was a close run for smallest. No, go, uh, golden. Uh, big. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's the most golden. No, 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 no. Second no. most golden. Let's, let's just move topics. Let's move topics. This is, this is inappropriate. This is a sports podcast. Um, no, but it's. You ever seen the big nose contest? No. There's like a, there's a, there's a contest out there for like it's not just the biggest nose for like the most unique nose. Like legitimately, this is a competition. Let me hang on. Wait, Do you wait. think I'd win, Mark? No. Oh, okay. God no. Some <laughs> of the some of these noses. Wait, uh, nose contest. Do you, are, is plastic surgery considered no, performance not, enhancing? Yeah, performance enhancing nose. You can't have that. It might be the biggest nose. No, it's World Nose Championship. Look at this guy's schnoz. Holy heck. <laughs> That's a schnoz. That's a schnoz. Everyone uh, look up like Google uh, World Nose Championship. It is. Uh, what am I looking at? I don't know. This is different. What am I looking at here? Does this man have a hand embedded in his? Is he growing a human hand on it's his a forehead? nose. What do you mean hand? Oh, I needed it to get closer. He has a second nose. He's got like a nose growing out of his forehead. Oh. If if you Google, deep oh, they regrow and they can regrow noses. That's what it know. says. They've done that thing with a mouse where they grow a human ear on its back. That's weird. oh, that's true. Yeah, I remember that. I oh, that's true. Yeah, that's not, no big deal. Whatever. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> 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 right. But obviously, we talked about the mental part of yeah, sport yeah, yeah, yeah. to the the extent of performance. What are the solutions? Like, is it a pervasive problem? Is it something that needs to be addressed? Obviously, mental health in the broader world is something that is only recently coming to light with most people. Public perception of mental health problems is starting to become more accepted and it's more okay to have mental health problems and to even talk about them. But what about in the sports world? Is it a problem that's really pervasive? Is it something that is being, like, hidden away? Is it something that needs to be addressed really more? I, I truly believe it does. And the reason why I think it does is because people are put on these pedestals mm -hmm. and people are put in these places where they're expected to do great things. And sometimes they can't. Sometimes they're, they're struggling. Sometimes they have issues. But the biggest thing about it is, like you talked about, the hyper-masculinity. Mm -hmm. The public does the same thing. If you are a big, strong man mm -hmm. who has an amazing body, like ripped, rippled abs, waves rolling up and down of glorious shine. More, more, more. more. Glint off your right bicep as you flex. Yeah, what about the left bicep? The left bicep punches people right in the face. <laughs> There's another fist. That so strong. That. So and just, strong. Oh, How wide are the shoulders? How broad? Broad enough to where no offensive line could even block you themselves. He, All five of them. You are the line. You are the line. What about the ass? Oh, it's okay. Bustling. <laughs> bustling. <laughs> I've never heard of the description of an ass as bustling, but man, I can picture it. <laughs> no, but you're hyper masculinized mm -hmm. by the public because you're, you know, testosterone, all of the muscle mass, you're all of that's there. You're you are tough. tough. Yeah. And so this, there's this embodiment in this thought that like, you know, this person has to be really confident. This person has to, you know, and I, I've ever experienced this too. It's like the ladies have to love them and all this other stuff. And it's like, no, sometimes that's their biggest struggle. Mm -hmm. And when you have people that expect that of you and they think that's of that and then you're not succeeding, you get into the mindset of what's wrong with me. 
Mm-hmm. If people think that this is this, why am I not this? Yeah. It's like inducing imposter syndrome on Correct. someone. Because it's not your expectations, it's other people's, but then it becomes yours because you look at yourself in the mirror and be like, okay, I see what they're seeing. Why don't I feel what they're feeling? You know, and yeah. it's just like, it's just like automatically put on you. Yeah. And, and especially when you're put in the public eye or you're put in like people idolize you Mm -hmm. it creates that issue and i think it's something that needs to be talked about especially in sport because the hyper masculinity of both the public and within the community of itself of coaching when people are like expecting of you there's there's a term that like looks like tarzan plays like jane Mm -hmm. Uh, that's an expression that's used for big muscular guy who for whatever reason is not hard hitting Mm, okay or it's not performing you know and Mm. it's one of those things that maybe you have them playing the wrong position maybe you're not tapping into the roots of who they are and what makes sense for them Mm -hmm. sometimes it's they're more of have protective instincts Mm -hmm. if you've ever watched the blind side that's a term they used and they switched him from being a defense alignment to an offense alignment Mm -hmm. um those are big things that come of impact but even more so is the fact of understanding of trauma that can happen while participating in sport Mm -hmm. in particular the one that stands out the most is CTE, which happens from concussions and repeated blows to the head. It's trauma to the brain. What does CTE stand for? It's oh, I'm not, I'm not so trying hard. to quiz you here. I it's was, so I hard to pronounce. I don't remember. But it's chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Uh, encephalopathy. 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 Yeah. Compound? Chronic. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy. CTE. Yes. Yeah. This is something that like a lot of people only learned about recently. Yeah. And it it occurs in boxers. It occurs especially in football with, you know, all of the hard hitting things. Mm -hmm. Any sport like that, it happens in rugby. Mm -hmm. But the most prolific that we see it is has become the NFL and and in American football Mm -hmm. because of they mishandled concussions and stuff in the past Mm -hmm. and tried to cover it up. And there was a whole lawsuit and a whole bunch of stuff happened. Yeah. But people are looked down on. For example, right now, one of the most prolific people that people judge immediately is uh, his name's Antonio Brown. Mm -hmm. He recently had an outburst where he took off his jersey, threw it in the stands, walked off the field while his team was still playing Mm -hmm. and um, basically got kicked from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people that believe, and I don't know if this is true and I will never diagnose this as this case, but you know, you never know what somebody's going through. Right. He very well could have CTEs, had multiple concussions through his career. Mm-hmm. You never know what other mental stuff he's going through, whether it's anxiety or other stuff like that. He was considered the greatest receiver before all of a sudden an outburst with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he got traded and then got traded again and then got released. Like he went through so many teams because of his attitude and ego problem that didn't seem to exist early on in his career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he became a different person. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that it's very well could be something related to this it could be something related to other mental stuff that he's dealing with Mm -hmm. and you know or maybe maybe it was him but that's not our decision to make yeah but he's put under this and he's treated like he's this giant villain Mm -hmm. and i'm not a fan of antonio brown but i respect what he has done for the game of football and his athletic ability and all Mm -hmm. that stuff and i respect him as a human being Mm -hmm. and so it's one of those things that we judge without trying to understand first. yeah. And so being able to talk about mental health or traumatic things like this that can happen to people is so huge, especially in sport, because you're talking about this that's happening to the professional level. Mm -hmm. What if it's happening to kids, youth, 
high school. You say, what if? I say... It is. It is, yeah. And it's not realized or recognized or acknowledged in the ways that it needs to. Mm -hmm. And so in order for that to happen, we need to talk about it where it's mostly in the public eye and open those conversations and create a better understanding. So let's break down exactly what CTE is for those who don't know at home. Now, this is a condition that is a name for the resulting consecutive injuries literally not injuries brain injuries just blows it doesn't even have to be no, concussions I, that's hands. what i'm saying oh yeah i'm defining it as injuries because that's what occurs every time you're hit in the head yeah it doesn't matter if it's soft hard knocks you out when you get hit in the head of a sufficient blow and it doesn't always have to be to knock you out you get hit in the head neurons die your brain is sitting in a vat of uh fluid it's cerebrospinal fluid that is surrounding and cushioning your brain. If you get hit in the head that your, your head moves, your brain is cushioned by that liquid in there. If you move fast enough, your entire brain gets squished up against the wall. And bruises it. And bruises it. And every single time that you are hit with sufficient force, neurons die. They just do. They are not that tough. We as humans, like we have big heads, huge brains compared to our body size, uh, and not thick enough skulls to really take those blows. So CTE, and I'll let Tyler get the official definition later, but the, the layman's terms is it's compounding injuries to your brain. And your brain is all you really are when in terms of conscious thought. So this is the actual information. It's a progressive brain condition. Now, this is the definition of CTE, as I found on um, NHS.UK. But it's a progressive brain condition that's thought to be caused by repeated blows to the head and repeated episodes of concussion. It's partially associated with contact sports such as boxing or American football, most prolifically, uh, as most of the studies are based on ex-athletes. But It is a designed understanding of exactly what Mark explained. And it could be as minor as offensive linemen touching the defensive linemen, just helmet contact. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be as simple as you slap somebody in the face. Mm -hmm. Like anytime your brain jostles, there's a high chance, a significant chance that it can cause damage to the brain. Yeah. I mean, even like head banging and shaking your head like that can cause stuff like that to Mm -hmm. occur. And so it's one of those things that as they've learned more and more, it completely changes personalities sometimes because Mm -hmm. it it impacts those core neurons to be able to utilize that part of the brain exactly yeah and so it can get to a point to where they're no longer able to cope and have rage issues there's Mm -hmm. parts where it creates a chemical problem that can cause depression it can cause higher levels of anxiety it can cause higher levels of aggression it can cause all kinds of different things Mm -hmm. to the point to where we can't really quantify it to one particular thing but it just traumatizes your brain to where it is not able to function at the level it should be exactly and how would you even know what the damage is because your brain is all you are yep you're thinking with it and like over time just someday you feel like you're not quite yourself and then everyone around you like yeah everyone feels off someday you know and you're like okay that's normal and then you don't get better and then you you try to like push through it and tough through it and you're mad at yourself why am i like different than i was and this is more in extreme athlete cases like it it, not day to day i'm not saying that like depression for everybody is caused by cte correct but in uh, sports specifically and football specifically it can like have a severe impact and 
I've heard of stories of people that have left football in general. I can't name specific names. Maybe you know it better, but there are people that have like just their lives have been destroyed after they leave football. And it was like in that movie. I forget what the movie was. Concussion. Yeah. Like with Will Smith in mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was talking about these people and their lives just break down and they don't know why. Yep. Imagine your mind slowly like leaves you and you don't know why. It's terrifying. It's horrifying. And and like, I can't imagine that. And I'm always just like, everyone out there, protect your brain. Protect it. It's so important. It's so important. In some of the conversations they had with people like this, mm -hmm. there are times where they literally have done something and have no recollection or memory of it. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people that have that, but this isn't a case to where it's like, they're looking back at their playing days and they don't remember anything. Yeah. Or they go back to just like two seconds ago and they could have like murdered somebody mm -hmm. and they don't know what happened. Yeah. And a lot of times, a lot of these people in, in a general sense have gone like on to getting car accidents or they've done heinous acts. There's been a lot of different things that have happened. Most stuff was like self-inflicted and self-harm. Mm -hmm. The stories are far stretching and absolutely astounding. And you never know if, especially American football players mm -hmm. and boxers are dealing with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And the only way they can find out is if they do like a full brain scan, a CT scan. And mm -hmm. even then sometimes it's really hard to detect. Yeah. You need like an fMRI, like to get really down into the neurons of it. Um, and, and let it be known. We are not saying don't play football. Correct. That's not what we're saying. There is a safe way to play and there's awareness of it. it it's the kind of like toxic playing environment where you have, I've seen a video of, it looked like Little League. Like these kids were like 10. And this one kid slammed right into the head of the other one and the, the kid like fell down. Everyone was laughing. Yeah. They were laughing, laughing. And this kid just got knocked unconscious. And it's like, this, not a joke, never a joke. Like when it comes down to head injuries or injuries in general. Like, but for some reason, people have this like cartoon thought process of like the old mob days when you could hit someone in the back of the head or video games where you knock someone out and this is like, they'll just get back up a few minutes later. You know, it's just like, wham, it's like, that's not how it works. You get knocked out, something went horribly wrong. Yeah. Something went horribly wrong. And I will say there are plenty of athletes that have opted out of playing football after collegiate and stuff like that. There were high draft picks because they didn't want to get CTE. But it's it's one of those things that to have that knowledge gives you a better understanding. And if you understand what you need to do, whether tackling properly, uh, lowering your head. I mean, I can't speak about this enough because there's too many people out there that still do this terribly and lower the crown of their head. It can cause major traumatic injury because your brain, the front of your head is the safest place for you. Mm -hmm. It's the thickest part of your skull. Mm -hmm. And when you lower your head, the softest part of your skull is yep. the top of your head. Mm -hmm. I don't care whether you have a helmet on or anything like that. But even beyond that, you are aligning your spine to where all of the rippling effects of that impact are going down your spine. And, you know, we've seen plenty of football players and plenty of athletes that have gotten injured due to things like this. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it can come down to freak accidents, but there are plenty of times where it's because they were not doing things the way they needed to. Mm -hmm. So make sure you are doing things in a safe manner. Make sure you're making an educated decision on what you're going to do and make sure you're protecting yourself as well as your fellow teammates and fellow athletes. You know, it's craziest thing. For some reason, this thought cropped up. There's there's going to be some people that would hear a message like this and be like, ah, it's pansy talk. You just got to like be tougher. Yeah. You got to be tougher than the other one. You hit them first. It's like, man, that's just the craziest attitude to have about this stuff. But I know that that exists. I know that. Well, exists. we heard it growing up. Yeah, exactly. All the time. Everything. 
everything. Just like, ah, tough it out. Rub some dirt on yes. it. Yes. Rub some dirt on it. Spit on it. That'll do it. Actually, I have heard a lot about saliva having better healing properties. <laughs> for. I've heard, but don't laugh at this. This is actually a thing. I've heard, I've heard that for some reason, that's why wounds in the mouth heal so quickly is because the, the environment like prevents scabbing and something in saliva causes like the, the 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 skin to actually heal better so like the whole concept of licking your wounds that's what animals do in the wild all the time and it's because it actually does promote healing better i'm not saying lick your wounds i'm not saying that because i don't know i'm not a doctor i'm just shouting random bullshit don't listen to me listen to tyler i don't have a degree i mean i mean you, you are correct in the sense that moisture expedites healing it was why my hands healed up so well is because i always kept like the bacitracin on it like, mm -hmm. which is basically just neosporin it's like some petroleum jelly based thing but it sealed off and moist and like i had to rip skin off every single time i changed my bandages but i did it and i have barely any scars on my hands like i had second degree burns on my hands like it sh it, it definitely should have scarred and i got a few scars here and there but i took great care of it how did we get in this conversation i'm gonna stop talking You're now talking <laughs> the mentals of uh of of sports give us a summary of what we talked about today what we learned is there's there's a number of different things that are needed for sport outside of physical ability we mm -hmm. talked about the mental game and how you have to have the knowledge of the game built into your subconscious to be able to have the reactions that you need you have the part where you're put in a pressure cooker you're put in an environment where you're highly criticized if you fail and highly idolized when you succeed mm -hmm. And those can be dramatically difficult to handle. We talked about throughout the course of the game, the different things that can affect your mentality, your momentum, your focus on the game, the distractions that exist. And we talked about most importantly, like mental health and making sure that you're taking care of yourself and being more understanding of people as humans. Yeah. Whether they're a professional athlete, a celebrity, or anything beyond, everybody's going through something. Respect and try to understand before you judge. It's stunning that there aren't more cases of people cracking under the pressure. Because you've got all the elements that you always hear stories about people caving. Like millionaires who have won the lottery mm -hmm. lose it all immediately. You got the, In sports, people are made millionaires as soon as they sign that first contract. You have celebrities that crack under pressure. You sign that contract, you, millions of people are going to watch you and judge you. You, you know, and then you've got like this expectation from your fellow teammates of like performance. You fall out of that, everyone hates you for it. Like you've got all of these elements. It's shocking. And then the injuries, the injuries by itself, you got all of these different ways to crack. It's stunning that so many people don't. And I think that's a testament to the actual toughness, not like the hoo hoo toughness, but like the willpower, the, the, the like drive, the motivation it does take to do all the work to get up to that point. It is kind of a filtering process of people that are like truly dedicated committed and uh, like i know we've thrown it on tough and negative way but there is tough in a positive way mental fortitude would mental be a good fortitude is that's a good word is your master's degree <laughs> oh that's very does your master's degree whisper to you in the occasionally, night occasionally. occasionally i sometimes call my house and say dad put the phone by my master's degree. <laughs> i believe that i believe that but but it is a testament to the fortitude that some people do have because it does take a commitment to get to that level you don't fall into that you never do you don't stumble your way to the olympics it doesn't happen that way it's years of work i remember seeing this like a uh, series of posts on reddit or something of this olympic weightlifter i forget what comforter he was but his first time there he didn't place on the podium his second time there he actually uh the bar slipped out of his hand and he got dq'd on his lift and these are four year jumps in between yep. things the next one he got silver and then the next one he got gold that's 16 years of work to get from failing, failing, second place, 
gold. 16 years. Six, that's, uh, peep, I've been doing YouTube 10 and I feel like that's a lifetime. That's commitment, that's drive. To be that motivated to keep improving over 16 years after you're in your prime, after you're in your prime. Oh, that's mental fortitude. And on top of that, it goes to show you that each time you fail, it's just a step closer to success. As long as you keep at it. Your master's degree tell you to do that? Your master's degree come up with that? No, that's just my brand motivation. <laughs> Smile always. I mean, just for views. Anything for views. Anything for CG for views. <laughs> whatever it takes, whatever. All right, wrap it up. We'll wrap this up here. Well, we're all out of time for this episode, um, but I hope you have a better understanding of what athletes go through outside of just participating in the sport. And you think more about understanding people as individuals and less about what their achievements are or what's expected of them. And you have a greater understanding of, you know, the requirements that they have to go through and the, the hoops that they jump through for their contracts and various other things. So you're more understanding of various illnesses and injuries that can result that affect those individuals. It's easy to look at uh, athletes and be like, oh, they're just rich. Why would they have any problems? They've got more problems than most. I'm not saying a lot of those actions that some people do are justified, but like we're all human. If you were put in that situation, like there's so many elements being thrown at you. It's it's tough to imagine. And I think I have a greater appreciation of it. Uh, but this is all over. You guys get out of here. But before you do, subscribe, follow, whatever it is that makes you be a part of this podcast for longer. Be here. If you're not here, Tyler's master degree will show up in your closet and be waiting for you when you're sleeping. It'll whisper in your ear. Go. My favorite sports name. Go yeah. listen. Go. And then it'll Go. murder you if you don't. Maybe. Paper cuts are painful, man. A dead leaf. All right, bye.